I'm a current with the Florida Gators. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me, hurt my feelings. I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, it is episode two of season five. The intro is in our ears once again. What'd you think of the intro, Tyler? Because I made I, it after we recorded episode one. I I like it. I was very I was very pleasantly surprised because like tell me what your plan was, and I was just like that could be anything. Um, <laughs> so I'm well, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. I love the trust that you have in me. Where your thought was that could be anything, but you still trusted me enough to go through with it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, do you do you have a favorite drop? Because I have one. I don't have a favorite drop. I can't. I, I I maybe I'll need to like listen to it again and be like really think about. It. I don't have a favorite yet. Though. Tyler, you got barbecue back there, <laughs> and you didn't invite me. <laughs> no, yeah, that's Hurt that's the best my one. Feelings. That's the come best on, one. Gus Johnson, baby, Gus Johnson. It's a shame Gus Johnson only calls the twelve o'clock Fox games for sure. Like that man needs to be primetime. That man needs to be Gus primetime. Johnson. I'm so excited to hear his voice again. Absolutely. Like, I cannot miss, wait. I didn't realize that. how much I miss college football. Like, <laughs> oh, we miss college football. Well, we'll talk about that, Tyler, in the next episode about how much we love college football. For now, Tyler, we are going to quickly go through our group of five conference questions, similar formats, what we did last time with our Power Five conference questions. Uh, before we do that, though, we do have a bit of a schedule announcement. Um, given that Tyler is uh, what I will be referring to sometimes as Hollywood Tyler, living oh out boy. on the West Coast, uh, working on Redacted and hopefully working on Redacted 2 in the future. Um, all the shows you work on or movies, we're just going to com- refer to them as Redacted whatever number it is. Okay. Yeah. Just so That'll we be can... good for me to remember to really to like keep in <laughs> mind how many shows I've worked on. There <laughs> we go. So hopefully in a year, it's like Tyler can't be here today. He's on working on Redacted 12. Uh, <laughs> oh no yeah oh no um so because tyler it, is and, out and there it's also sorry it's also gonna be really funny because like current the current show is very much worth the redacted oh absolutely and i want to keep the redacted even though some shows might not be worth the redacted <laughs> tyler might be tweeting about shows in the future that i will be referring to as redacted but we don't have to i just want everyone <laughs> to know that um because tyler's out there working on all of the redacted shows Uh, We are still doing two episodes a week during the football season. We will have our review episode where we recap and take a look at what happened in college football the previous Saturday. And in this first week's case, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, because we have an extended week, um, that will be coming early in the week. We cannot commit in good faith to a specific day each week because of Tyler's schedule, because of the way that life is going. But we would rather put out content then not put out content at all. So Absolutely. we will have our review episodes early in the week, shooting for Monday, Tuesday. 
And our preview episodes will be later in the week, shooting for Thursday and Friday. So you will be getting two episodes. It's just a matter of when they come in. Um, It does not take me that long to edit. So once we record them, um, they will be up the following morning of when we record. So just so you know. Uh, Tyler, starting with our next episode, it's the return of Five Wide and Two Point. Oh, yes. Five Wide and Two Point, for those of you that are new, is... Sideline Judgment's official season-long picks competition. Tyler and I, we we get into it. We pick five games each week that we believe to be the biggest games of the week, where if you can only watch a couple of games, pick from that five. Pick from that list of five. And we predict to see whose wins and so on. For each correct prediction that one of us gets, we get one point. And then we're allowed to do a two-point conversion. Right, So our two-point conversion allows us to pick a game that is not amongst the five. We don't tell each other beforehand. We don't have the conversations. We don't communicate. And on the air, we reveal to each other what that two-point game is. That is worth, as you thought, as you lovely listeners can deduce, two points. We then tally up the points throughout the entire season, and we end up seeing who has the most points at the end of the season. The winner is allowed to put a sense of pride into their Twitter bio saying such and such is better than such and such at picking certain games. So Tyler, I, I wouldn't just went know anything out there. about this. No, you wouldn't know anything about this. Jeez. Oh, I think Tyler is the defending champion this year. Nah. Um, so that will be coming back next week with all of our review and preview episodes. And we have an announcement to make, Tyler. We will be launching the Sideline Judgment weekly newsletter. That's right. Yeah. I am activating my fingers. Emails, baby. Emails, baby. You can sign up. Details will be coming soon. Um, They will not be coming for the first week because I have recently moved to the state of Florida. I am back. He's back. And I am back. Right as Uh, I left. Right as Tyler left, the man I sent him a picture of Jacksonville as I was driving. Pretty dangerously, might I say. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've taken that exact picture before that you took. Yeah. It's uh-huh. very dangerous. I would not yeah. recommend people do it. But, but it's also, a great picture. you, you like, knew where you were going. I had my GPS on. And I was like, <laughs> do I have to? No. Okay, are you sure it's six more miles? Because I could just, okay, cool, cool. Um, if my mom's listening to this, that none of that happened. That was no. all, all allegedly, all allegedly. Um, the weekly newsletter will be in there. Um, it'll be some guest articles maybe written. We'll be talking about what happened during in the world of college football. The napkin will be making an appearance oh, over there. Cool. And uh, Tyler, on October 15th in the great state of Florida, I think I can drop the allegedly tag. Uh, oh, yeah. I can. RIP I can drop the allegedly tag. So Last there will days. be some gambling information in there, college football news, all of it, opinion pieces. Um, I have some friends that would like to do some writing. It'll be a sit space for uh, for them to write. Details will be coming soon. Keep an eye on our Twitter. Uh, keep an eye right here on the podcast feed where all that stuff can be found. Whew, Tyler, that was a lot of housekeeping that we had to do. Mm-hmm. Now that that's done. I want to jump into the group of five because yeah, of course has, you do. Of course you do. Thank you. I am the, de- I am the defender of the group of five. All yeah. Right? Look, I, this is yin and yang here. I don't actually hate the group of five, but I have to be <laughs> for the, the counter to Sergio or else it'll just like, we can't have one too many of one or the other. Oh yeah. Of course. Of course. 
And honestly, right now I have the rerun of Nebraska, Illinois in the background. So it's basically a group of five game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> woo. Here we go. Where's we'll talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen on the next episode, it's an Alliance game. It's, a <laughs> it's an Alliance qualification. game. <laughs> Bring back. Right. It, we've been saying it for years. Introduce promotion and relegation into college football. <laughs> And I've been saying, and I, my response to you has been: if we get promotion relegation in college football before American soccer, I might have to do some things to some people. So, <laughs> t- t- <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, um, let's start with the American, Tyler. We do these in alphabetical order, so no one don't get mad because the American, whatever, Power Six, all that stuff. The American Conference, Tyler. These are simple questions, and I'm going to start with the big boy of the questions. I'm not going to ask you if a group of five team can make the playoff because I don't think as a whole, the group of five can make a playoff specifically is Cincinnati, a legitimate playoff contender. I say yes. I will say yes. In just the fact, like it's, it's very hard, but like there is a way that it can happen. Like, okay. So, well, so then I think the key word in that sentence is legit. Because it's possible. I, I believe you. It's possible. They finished eighth last year. They're ranked in the top 10 to start the season. Their only loss was to Georgia, where they probably should have beat Georgia if we go back and watch that game. And it's a good game and a de facto home game. So I think they can hang. But yeah. are they legit, though? It's tough because it, it's one of those cases, I think I've talked about this before, where Cincinnati will probably benefit from a thing that would piss off a lot of UCF fans and, and rightfully so in the sense that UCF was the first to do, to be that level of a group of five team in this era. And they are probably the best one that's come since then. 2017. You mean? Yeah. The 2017 team is probably the best group of five team still to this day since that team. Like uh, this last year, Cincinnati team was debatably better uh-huh. in my opinion. I think that 2017 UCF team would probably beat them. I um, think, I think so too, because and that's the thing where when you when you do those kind of examples and we're both not big fans of those, oh, 2017 this versus 2020 this because the game changes, things are different. Oh, yeah. But when you take Mackenzie Milton before he got hurt, Scott Frost firing on all cylinders at the group at UCF, like yeah. it, it was good. That defense was really good. I, I think I'm yeah. with you. I think I would take 2017 well, UCF. The point of that being is that Cincinnati is going to benefit from where other teams before them got screwed is Correct. the sense that like Cincinnati, well, maybe not better than the – that UCF team gets the benefit of we've had several years of, of every year, a group of five team getting to the, like one group of five teams standing above the rest. And right. this year, Cincinnati at least gives the look of what a power five Cincinnati has the physicality and the look of what a power five playoff contender would have. They play with the style mm-hmm. that other power five contenders would have. And they dominate and they dominate the teams at their level, the way that the Ohio States and Clemson's do at their level. So in, in a way they have more of a shot than other group of five teams, just because of they're benefiting from where other teams got screwed or Mm -hmm. like every, every team, every group of five team that got screwed up to this point did advance the ladder just a little bit. Like, right. um, And then Cincinnati might be actually the one to be able to climb it. But at the same time, I'm going to say no, because we're in a four team playoff system and I just find it really, it's going to be really hard for Cincinnati to beat four other power five teams yeah. to get into the playoff. Like I think if, I think if this was the 12 team, I think they're a lock. Oh, they're think, a lock. I think Absolutely. they're a lock. Like, because I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's possible, but 
then we really get into the conversation of is possible the same as legitimate like contending is possible the same as realistic yeah it's right. not realistic to expect Cincinnati to get into play possible mm-hmm. very much so like it's not possible for most group of five teams to get in the playoff there's just no way it's going to happen right yeah it's possible for Cincinnati right. this is possible for a lot of other teams but it's not realistic like yeah I agree and I, I don't have anything to add bet to that. on it I, I would not I allegedly up until October 14th allegedly I would not bet on it and starting on October 15th I, I actually would wouldn't bet on, bet on it, bet on it. <laughs> I actually would not bet on it um all right let's let's move forward then I like that answer I like that second question what will UCF look like under Gus Malzahn in year one? That's a good question. I think that's UCF, a fun question. I think UCF is going to look good. They're going to look fine. They're they're going to run a Gus Malzahn gimmicky offense, but they have better talent than everybody they're going to face. So yeah. like maybe except mm-hmm. for their first game, um, mm-hmm. but then they've got a benefit in that they're playing a new coach in their first game against Boise State. Right. Um, so it's, I think. The Dylan, the Gus Malzahn offense will probably work really well at UCF's level with Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback and like um, in that level of talent. I think, I think, the, I think the there's something, there's probably, something to be said, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Tyler, but yeah. going with, we talk a lot about last year, good Bo Nix, right? Mm-hmm. Bo Nix showed those good flashes. I objectively think that have your opinions on your, the collective you, Dylan Gabriel opinions to put those aside, he's been more consistent. Oh, for sure. Dylan Gabriel is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. I think the floor is higher relative to conference, obviously. The floor is higher at UCF in the American than it was Gus Malzahn with Bo Nix at Auburn. Even though the ceiling may have been higher, I think the floor is higher here at UCF. And because of that, I agree with you. I think the offense is going to move. I think – with some of the transfers that have come in on the defense side of the ball, guys like Big Cat Brian, um, who's followed him over, we we know that he's going to be able to do some positive things. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Like I, I really do. I, I think, think the offense I think is going to move, fun. and I, it's going to be enjoyable. I think the biggest thing for Gus Malzahn is that Dylan Gabriel is developed enough as a quarterback before Gus Malzahn even touched him. Because Gus exactly. Malzahn cannot develop a quarterback – but anytime he just gets a quarterback that's good, it works right. out. Like, yep, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. So Dylan Gabriel is past the point of being broken. Yep, I'm gonna knock like on that. wood as I say that. <laughs> uh, but I think UCF will be fun. Yeah. I think and the, the offense will be more fun than I think the Josh Heupel offense, which was productive, but to me mm-hmm. was just very the same thing over and over yeah. again. Well, the, the Josh Heupel offense is very. It's sensory overload, right? There's yeah. like so many. It's it's just a lot, a lot, and it's too Gus much. Is, like, Gus's is a bit more toned down. It's a bit more. Uh, it's easier to digest in that sense. Yeah. So it's very gimmicky, um, but I feel like at that level, with that level of speed, it could work mm-hmm. and be really fun. Like I agree. At UCF, agree. Gus Malzahn's offense can be what Gus Malzahn's offense wants it to be. Like mm-hmm. right. So. And I think it's important that we kind of mentioned real quick. We're not going to talk about it in five wide. Um, in the preview episode. So UCF Boise, it's a Thursday night kickoff. Um, it's not the first game of the season because that's UAB or of week one, but because that's UAB and Jacksonville State, I believe, on Wednesday night. Um, but it's the first like big game with big teams. Boise's going to Orlando and as someone who stood in line at the DMV this morning for a couple of hours in the hot sun, 
is going to play a factor for these gonna, kids from Boise, Idaho. Okay. So I, I expect UCF to get off on a strong foot and hopefully they can contend with Cincinnati so it can be a bit more of an enjoyable race in that conference rather than just like, oh, Cincinnati's ahead. And because of the national narrative around group of five conferences, no one really pays attention to what's happening in the middle of the pack in a conference like the American or, yeah. or CUSA or all the other ones. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I'm excited for Gus as well. Last question for the American. Can Dana Holgerson have a breakout year at Houston? He's going into his third season. His first one was the year where De'Ara King and the other guys said, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to head out. Um, and then his second season was COVID. So okay. it's been a bit hard to judge, kind of judge, right? Get a good idea of what that program is going to be um, under his leadership. He was really good at West Virginia. He he left a an arguably better situation to take on Houston. But then again, Houston is a big university. And while they play in the American, they are a major market. They are the school in Houston. Um, Texas A&M fans are fighting me right now, but that's okay. Um, there's possibilities there. You know what I mean? They're named Houston. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> Five slam a jamma, baby. Put that on the football field. Uh, <laughs> do you think that Holgerson can have that breakout year? Uh, Where at least like the narrative is like, okay, it's gonna work. You know? I I don't know. I mean, it. I to me is question of does he have a good quarterback? Mm-hmm. Because is Derek King transferring back to Houston? No, no. If he has a good quarterback, then I think probably mm-hmm. it's. But it's, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where if you have a really good quarterback at the, at the G five level, that can fix so many problems for yeah. you. Like, and yeah. that can it elevate you. And I don't know. It, it's it's just so hard to judge what Dana Holgerson's team is because again, that first year was COVID. No, the first mm-hmm. year was all those opt outs, so they were yeah. redshirting everyone basically. Right. They're like, cool. We're kind of tanking, which does never make sense at the college level. Um, and it came, it came back to bite them because the Eric King transferred and a global pandemic. Hit. Yeah, and then a pandemic hit. So there's absolutely no way to judge. We basically have never seen his squad at full. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's hard for me to say because it hasn't been that good in the last two years, and the squad no. was never at full. So no, it wasn't. And and I think another interesting thing is that. He's been very vocal in terms of like we had to fix a lot of things when we got here. The weight room wasn't up to par. The the players, the roster was in shambles. I had better player, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm starting to think I think we'll we should give him this year with complete unbiased un He should get a chance for a, just a year of right, like- a year. And and I, I just want proof of concept. I just want things that are working, moving in the right direction. Maybe not Maybe not a ten win season, maybe not an eight win season, but can you make a bowl game? Can you? Can they be a middle of the pack team? Because yes. they haven't and, even and, been that. Like, and can you be competitive against one of the upper echelon teams in your conference? Can you take UCF with? Can it be a one possession game with eight minutes left? Can Can you make Cincinnati get a little bit scared in their game? You know, because I think if that happens, then they'll be able to have that proof and and they can move forward and and they can invest the time and the resources and stuff and into that program rather than making Dana Holgerson look like someone who's just kind of given excuses and, you know, which I don't know if he is or isn't, but that's something that could be possible. So moving on, Tyler to conference USA. Let's start with my beloved FAU owls. Will Nikosi Perry, the former university of Miami quarterback be enough for Willie Taggart and FAU to make some noise. Now they're not 
FAU is not um, projected as the top team in the conference this season. Um, they really haven't since Lane Kiffin left to Ole Miss. Uh, but is Nikosi Perry's quarterback play enough to have FAU make a little bit of noise? And also, it's important to note, FAU, Florida's opening uh, opponent in this coming football season. So of particular interest to both of us, not just because of my FAU fandom, but because of Florida and they open the season with them. So yeah. what do you think? What do you think about Nikosi Perry what and FAU? My, I will ask, I'll ask that question with another I will answer that question with another one. Uh-huh. What to you is making noise? Just to clarify how I should answer this question. Making noise. And I'm going to get a text from Raul as he listens to this. I can already feel it. Making noise for FAU to me is eight to nine wins. Comp- at the at a minimum, com- legitimately competing for Conference USA East because in the same division is Marshall and Marshall is, I know they're going with a new coach this season and we will get to that in a second. Um, but I have a feeling they're going to be really good this year. They're definitely going to be well coached. Um, that That's what, what it is to me. Can they compete for okay. their division title? Eight, eight that, to nine wins. That and I a bowl is, game, obviously. That I think is very doable. Okay. Because I think Nikosi Perry will be the most talented quarterback they've had in Willie Taggart's era, which is only about yes, two years. Yes, for sure. But uh, for, sure. A good, a pre, for a G5 team, a pretty good pickup. Nikosi I Perry. agree. Like, I think it's a fantastic pickup. I think yeah. he could probably do like, cause he struggled at Miami, but even then like he did, like he was able to move the ball at times. Like, and, and, and the, the, the struggle at Miami, I think is relative. He couldn't go up. He couldn't go toe to toe with Trevor Lawrence. Like yeah. he couldn't go toe to toe with Sam Howell in the one year they matched up. He couldn't, you know what I mean? He couldn't. And honestly, it's like, Nikosi Perry wasn't even really the, at the problem at any point. Like, no, he, he wasn't. He didn't fix any problems, but he wasn't the problem. Well, we talk um, about Miami a lot where, I mean, they're the fighting Derek Kings right now. Like, the, at yeah. least that's what we saw last year. And, you know, hopefully they're able to revamp their offense in a way that's more complete. But, you know, Nikosi Perry is not as good as Derek King, and that's why they, no. they improved. But I think at FAU, Nikosi Perry could be good. I mean, with, the, the question is, is Willie Taggart good enough to, like, do that with FAU? Like, and I will also be getting a text from Raul now because now he has my number. <laughs> uh, but, I yeah, like, is Willie Taggart good enough? Is FAU just a system that is able mm-hmm. to, o- like, overcome Willie Taggart's uh-huh. faults, which at this level aren't really that big of a deal? Um, right. That's the question. I think, I think, but I think that's a very reasonable ask out uh, because yeah. i think nikosi perry is a big pickup for FAU, me too and me i think too. makes it very possible would they beat marshall i don't know because mm-hmm. marshall's typically very good right. um marshall's very competitive um marshall's a good football team and i think that's a good transition to our next question will charlie huff succeed not succeed he, he did succeed but will he succeed at marshall and can the saban assistance uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I got a phone call there. Uh, can the Saban assistant throw right now calling you? Bro, yeah, no, no. It's my other step parent, my stepmom, Gabby, but <laughs> <laughs> so close. Um, can the Saban assistants build reputable programs at the G5 level? That's more of an overarching question. Yeah. Um, but I want to use Charlie Huff as a caveat, as a conduit to that question. The most recent example was Lane Kiffin at FAU. Um, three years, two massive winning seasons, two conference championships. 
had a down season in the second one, but was able to bounce back and rebuild it. Um, can the Saban assistants build those programs at the G5 level? I actually think, I think this is an interesting point. And I think yes, because now Lane Kiffin is like the most unique of the Saban assistants. So in a lot of these Saban assistant talks, I kind of want to throw him out a little bit because he's unlike okay. pretty much any others, like mm-hmm. in personality and the way he got into that job. It is a blip on his resume, but a lot of most Saban assistants you meet, that's like the the crux of who they are is that they learned under Saban. Mm-hmm. And Lane Kiffin was who he was and then got to get better under Saban. You know? I, I think I, there's a difference between Saban assistants and Saban rehab projects. Yeah. Kiffin is Kiffin is the most successful is a rehab, rehab product. Like, right. Um, right. And so we'll see. Charlie Huffwood is a Saban assistant. Um, and But I actually think it'd be interesting because I think going the G5 level is probably the smartest move for this because a lot of these guys have not been head coaches before. And you get to go to a program where you can instill that Saban ideals. Mm-hmm. learn how to be a head coach without the pressure of like a power five job sec job on you mm-hmm. and also learn how to just be a head coach and everything i've heard from charlie huff at marshall has been really positive so um i'm very interested and i think actually this could be a really good because it also did seem like this seemed like charlie Huff wanted to go to marshall yes marshall wanted him yes and this is a place where like there is pressure there because Marshall is a proud kind of program in a way, mm-hmm. but the eyes of the nation, if he has a bad season, no one outside of West Virginia is really grilling. Yeah. Like that's true. So I think this is a good place that Saban sisters should try to go grow at because most mm-hmm. of them try to take like the Auburn job. Um, <laughs> the literal, the literal <laughs> worst job that you can have if you yeah. are a former Saban assistant at Bama. Um, okay. Good, good call. Good call. Uh, I like that as, as well. I just think we see a lot of Saban assistants immediately try to they, – they're poached for SEC jobs and ACC jobs, and and that's great, and that's wonderful. And if they get the opportunity, they should go because, as we've said before, generational wealth. Um, But my big thing there is I don't know if they're going to be able to succeed right away. If they drop to the group of five level, I think that they're able to kind of work out their mistakes, work out their kinks – so then they can get to a you point learn where, how to be a head coach like, exactly exactly. Bill, Billy Napier is an example. You know, former Saban assistant yeah. went over to Louisiana, doing what he's doing there, and so it works there. Um, last question for Conference USA, Tyler. Which of these two coaches will be at their programs longer? Is it Bill Clark at UAB or Will Healy at Charlotte? Bill Clark, without a doubt. Bill Clark will be there till the day he dies. Really? Because if I was looking for someone and my two options were those guys, I would pick Bill Clark. I agree with you, but that's mm-hmm. not what I think will happen. Because I, because well, part of it is that like I'm shocked Bill Clark hasn't been looked at for more jobs. The man literally revived you. For those who don't remember, UAB had their program shut down because of Alabama politics, but that's another story for another time. But he, they brought had to bring back the UAB program from the dead, like after three, four years of not playing football, and the man immediately had them contending for conference championships. He yeah. is a master coach and deserves to be at a – not that UAB is not good enough. I think that – you know me. He I'm deserves his chance advocate. at a bigger job. I think he deserves his chance at, the, at a bigger job. Rather than retreading a, some older coaches and other people, I think he can do well at places – I mean right now I'm, I have the rerun of Nebraska-Illinois on the television. So, <laughs> But no, no, no. But like – and Illinois just hired Brett Bielema and I think it'll, that situation will work for them. One but, game in. Right, but – 
Bill Clark would do well at Illinois. Nebraska, yeah. there may be an opening this offseason. He would do well in Nebraska. You know, he can coach players that are under recruited. I think that I I agree with every single thing you're saying. Sorry, I get really passionate. I love no, Bill Clark. I love Bill I Clark think he's so fantastic. much. I think honestly, if I would go back in time, as much as what I loved Mike Leach getting hired at Mississippi State, my choice for that job would have been Bill, Bill Clark. Bill Clark would be fantastic um, in Starkville. But I'm talking more about will like will the powers of be let that happen? And will Bill Clark like I don't know if Bill Clark wants to leave is the thing. Like, That's true. That's if you wave enough dollar signs at him, I'm sure he would. But is Bill Clark trying to get out of UAB? No, no. There's so. no reports. Will, none of that. Will Healy is trying. Yes. It's not a bad thing. Will Healy is trying to put in a good bunch of good years at Charlotte. He's doing a great job. He did a great job at Ospie. He's doing a great job at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely trying to get to the next big job when that time yes. is right. Yes, he but is. Will Healy is going to be a very good ACC coach, in my opinion. I like, agree. Will Healy will take... Will... I can't believe I'm about to say this. Will Healy would be fantastic in Blacksburg, Virginia. Oh, I like that. I was going to say f- when Mac Brown retires again. He'd that'd be, be really, fun. That would if, be if fun. If he lines up, him going to North Carolina is probably the best thing that could happen to him. Absolutely. But, but Blacksburg, I Virginia would, would be great. That that might be open this offseason, which is why I said if, that. If so. Dabo actually, which he totally won't because he just because this is not a real thing that he believes in. It's just like, well, I'll go coach professional football because that's yeah, what. No, it, no, no. no, he just says. Tyler, that. he doesn't. He doesn't like players getting paid. Remember, he doesn't like that. Yeah, which is why it's like <laughs> people are like. Well, man, he's just gonna quit. I'm like, no, he won't. No, he won't. Like, <laughs> so you do so not will quit Healy... that job. No, but Will Healy, if that were to happen, Will Healy should absolutely be. He should be on the list for the Clemson job, but he wouldn't get it because there's so many other previous Clemson assistants that are what more qualified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, um, so you think Will Healy is the one that's going to move on to? He's a the young up and comer. So it. I like it. I like it. I think Bill Clark should be looked at before Will Healy. I like both of these coaches, but mm-hmm. Will Healy fits the profile of somebody that eight, that athletic directors are going to want. Correct. I like that. Okay. Because a lot of I, athletic directors try to make splashy hires, which is not what they should do, mm-hmm. but that's what they end up doing. And Will Healy yeah. is a great splashy hire, but. I know a lot of people don't watch Conference USA. Uh, it's probably the worst of How the ten they? conferences. But if you, but I, I think there's some fun stuff to to go there. So if if you come across a Conference USA game, uh, we didn't even talk about UTSA, a young up and coming team with their coach. Their coach is literally building. I forget his name, but he was a former high school coach in Texas, and he's literally building, doing the Schnellenberger thing of like state of Miami, like literally the state of Texas. He's just focusing on that. Uh, you got these the young up and comer Will Healy at Charlotte. You got Bill Clark, all reliable. Um, the situation with FAU. Uh, you got Marshall with a new coach. It's a fun conference. So if you get a chance to watch, watch it. It's enjoyable. Uh, it'll be cool. Tyler, we're spending a minute on this question. A minute. I refuse. Okay. Yes, I'm biased. This is the independent section of the podcast. <laughs> Tyler, will Jack Cohn be enough to get Notre Dame back to the playoff? Your time starts now. No. <laughs> Your time has ended. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, dude. Listen, let me let me put this nicely, Notre Dame fans. Let me let me say this. Notre Dame has it's a depleted what question is that. It well, I, was, I don't know. <laughs> no, I love it's it. A, it, <laughs> it, it. It it's a depleted defense because they had a lot to go to the NFL, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad defense. No. Depleted does not mean bad. They definitely are a program that retools and does not reload. Okay. And oh my gosh, they just showed the worst winning percentage in Nebraska head coaching history. And Scott Frost has the second worst. That is 
Oh my god, sorry. Focus. Distracted. <laughs> Dude, 375 win percentage. Anyway, um the Notre Dame defense is good and I think that they're going to be better than people expect. They have their first game against Florida State this coming week and we expect them to win that game. But I just don't think that as much as people rat on uh, the library in book, I don't think that Jack Cohn is an improvement. I think Ian Book was a fantastic college quarterback. Like, super dependable. Jack Cohn is in no way an improvement over Ian Book. Not at all. If if Jack Cohn was what people think he can be at Notre Dame, he would have stayed at Wisconsin, guys. Why would he have left Wisconsin? He would never have lost his job. Yeah, he would never have lost his job. I, I, just, I just don't see it with Jack Cohn. And like you say before... Excuse me, sneeze. Like you say before, Tyler. Like you said before, Tyler. A quarter, a good quarterback in college football will make up for a lot of things. But I'd like to add to that, where a bad quarterback will explode, uh, expose. Excuse me, podcasting live. Love it. Um, <laughs> a bad quarterback will expose things of a team, and I think that this is going to be a step backwards for Notre Dame. Um, I know their schedule is relatively easy, but. Um, yeah, no, I just don't I mean, think it starts off with a real cakewalk. <laughs> that's an oh, FSU joke in case that is an FSU joke. Cared to, cared I to feel understand. bad kicking people, not while they're down, but like while they're, <laughs> while, while they're knee deep in mud. Like they I really kicked feel us bad. when we were down. <laughs> when they go low, we go high Tyler because sure, okay, from above sure, you can stomp on sure. them better. What a, what a Steve Spurrier would totally agree with you. <laughs> you didn't hear the second part of what I said, because when you're higher up, you can stomp on them easier. Okay. There Come it on. Is. That was a Spurrier thing. That was a Spurrier thing. Oh. Come on. My 96 fun and gun t-shirt is here somewhere. All right. I, mine's still coming. So <laughs> Tyler, who wins this year? Army or Navy? Army. Okay. We'll revisit that at the end of the season. Oh, if yeah, a tiebreaker is needed. It's for two points. Army, Navy. Always Army, Navy. Tyler, we have one question for the Mac. Why should we watch Maction this year? You know exactly what you're going to get no matter what game or team it is because all the Mac teams are the same. Every you, Mac team is exactly the same. Yes, they are. If you are like me and you allegedly partake in some betting of sports, uh, legally, of course, legally, I would never advocate for illegal sports betting, please. <laughs> I live with a police officer now. Come on, please, guys. Um, Tuesday nights are fun. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Tuesday nights are fun. Uh, if, if I can give you one rule of thumb t- as Tyler barrels over laughing, um, <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much. If you can, uh, if you can have one, two rules, two rules, I'll give you two rules. Uh, bet on Toledo. Always. And fade Akron. Oh, Akron's terrible. Listen, all the Mac teams are the same, but like sexuality is a spectrum, right? Well, the Mac is a spectrum. The the, the top end of the spectrum is your Toledo. Your really good yeah. football team. Your low end of the spectrum is your Akron. Your horrendous but football they, team. They all play the exact same, same type and style of football. It's just mm-hmm. that one of them does it good one of them does it really bad and everybody else is just comma somewhere in the middle <laughs> and for those two they wear similar uniforms so yeah there you go also bowling green fade them as well horrific yeah game. they suck tyler two quick questions on the mountain west is carson strong this year zach wilson 
Uh, do no. Okay. Do you want a clarification as to what I meant? Yes. Is this the quarterback? What does that mean to you? Yeah. What, what it means to me is a quarterback that everyone knows that the NFL. We're gonna get text messages from some of our NFL exclusive friends around week six. Just a random Nevada game footage, and go. Did you see this read Carson Strong made? Did you Did you see how? Look, look at the, the, the command in the pocket. We're going to get those kind of statements. The command in the pocket. The, you know, the, the, um, the, the Heisman he hopeful. He's not a Mormon. No, Carson Strong is not a Mormon. <laughs> okay. So I had to ask. You had to ask. Freaking Idaho. I know, right? Um, so do you think that he's this year's Zach, Zach Wilson, that draft darling that's going to emerge halfway through the season? And... Granted, BYU went undefeated because of their weird schedule last season up until the Coastal game. Um, but Nevada has a pretty good team. They got a good running game. They got a, a couple good wide receivers. Carson Strong is clearly a draft prospect. So, what do you think? Uh, unlikely because Nevada is less high profile than BYU. Okay. Um, I think from a production standpoint, it could absolutely be there. But Zach Wilson, despite ever being like he came out of nowhere, Zach Wilson had been the quarterback the year before. Like that's true. That's um, true. People did. College football fans didn't know about him, and BYU is a bigger team, so I don't know. From a production standpoint, yeah, I could see it mm-hmm. absolutely, but I don't know if I would bet on that. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. How will Boise State look after Brian Harson's departure? Which, Probably by the way, exactly the same. <laughs> okay, all right. I was gonna say that they they uh they kind of look pretty good because after what Brian Harson has been doing in terms of the coronavirus and his preparation <laughs> down in Auburn, it uh, probably looking, wasn't actually the worst thing in the world to happen to them. Might might not have been the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Why do you think they'll be the exact same? Because it's Boise. Like um, they do run Boise's a really similar Boise's system. Boise's a system like. And I mean, that's true until it's just not. But like that, my I'm understanding sure. of Boise is that like there's Chris Peterson, there did that forever. Then Brian Hartson comes in and does it pretty much the exact same way. Now Boise has been running into this problem for a long time where they're always good, but they're ne- they've stopped being great as much. Like mm-hmm. when was the last time Boise was the best group of five team that year? Uh, I probably say like been a long thir- time. 2012, 2013. They're always top five. Yeah, but when was the last time they were number one? Yeah, 12, so, 13, I think, maybe. I I think it's probably going to be the same thing, where it's like they're probably going to be one of, if not the best team in the Mountain West. They're mm-hmm. probably going to be great. They're going to have all the talent in the world. They're a system. Kids want to go there. Like, mm-hmm. recruiting, and like, unless the new coach is just terrible, recruiting's going to be fine. They're going to be, they're going to be able to win the same way. I don't, I, it will, it will be, that, uh, words. It will, it remains to be seen. There we go. If this, if their new coach can elevate them past what Brian Harson got them to, or if even get them to the Brian Harson level, which was always very competitive, um, mm-hmm. that they've got good, they've got good players. Hank Bachmeyer is a really a good quarterback. Like that was my so, question. Do you think? Do you think Hank Bachmeyer is going to be enough to kind of keep that train rolling the same way? I don't think he's anything special, but I think in the, with all of the other players too, mm-hmm. they're they are going to be largely probably the same team they were last year. Okay. Makes sense. So I don't think they'll tank if that makes any difference. Okay, um, but it, it it doesn't make a difference. But I understand where you're coming from, and I would I would tend to agree. But I 
also for I also feel like they they have an opportunity to do something different. Mm-hmm. Their identity has always been offense. Maybe they can kind of pivot to some kind of defensive identity. Um, there's talks about expansion, potential expansion, I should say. Um, and so maybe, I don't know, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Um, but I have to agree with you. This coming season, I think they'll look very, very, very similar. So, yeah. All right. Our last conference, the Sun Belt. Three questions. Fun Belt. Fun Belt, baby. What will it take for Billy Napier to leave Louisville? I'm not asking where he's going to go or all this stuff. We've gotten to a point where the man is just... He's turned down jobs. He has turned down, by my account, either officially or unofficially turned down, seven SEC jobs. We talk all about like generational wealth, that these teams have contacted him and he has either said, I'm good and hasn't interviewed, or he's interviewed and then decided, I don't want to take it. I'll tell you exactly what it's going to take. Mm. It's going to take Ed Orgeron getting fired. Like. <laughs> So you think he's holding out for LSU? I do. At this point, I do. Because what other reason? Like, none of the highest... Well, yeah, what other reason do you have to hold out at Louisiana? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, you've been offered South Carolina. You've been offered Tennessee, which Tennessee's not very good, so I get that. But, like, Mm -hmm. but it's still Tennessee. It's still South Carolina. These are SEC jobs. These are paycheck jobs. Right. But, hell, you were offered Auburn. Yeah, and Auburn's a job that's like South Carolina is the job where you go. You're probably not going to last super long because it's hard to it's hard to win like consistently there. But you will be really ever done it like, and you will be rich. You'll get you'll be rich afterwards. But then beyond that, there's the whole like Tennessee's job you have to build back. But Auburn's a job you can win a national title at like tomorrow. Like you win a national in like two years, and you turn that down. So, like, what the hell are you waiting for? Three, two, one, go. South Carolina is the type of job where you take it, you're rich. Like, you're only going to be yeah. working there for probably about five years. It's very hard to win there. Spurrier is the only one who's ever truly done it. And that's because um, he's Spurrier? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in our, I don't know. I would say Billy Napier is Steve Spurrier. So, right. um, but, but then Tennessee's a job that has hit national reclaim before. You'd have to rebuild some of it. But you got offered the Auburn job. You can win a national title at Auburn in like two years with a good team. Yeah, like, th- there's a blueprint. And all these coaches believe that hot S word. Like, yep. um, Thank like, you for not cursing. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but uh, all of these coaches believe they're the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. So like that. And you need to kind of have that to be a good college football coach. You have yeah, to have that yeah. confidence in yourself. I don't think it's a for bad sure. thing. But it's part of a lot of issues with people taking jobs they maybe shouldn't. But you got offered the Auburn job. So what other reason do you have for continuing to stay at Louisiana? Then you're waiting for an even bigger job than the Auburn job, which in the SEC is like Georgia, Florida, LSU, Alabama. Auburn. And and that well, like I'm just those four are better than Auburn. Like Oh, yes, yes, yes. Or are in the realm meant, yeah. of like Alabama, LSU, A- Florida, and Georgia, the only ones that are I'm like, A&M. I'm like first. A&M. Debatable, but yes, A and M is with Auburn right now. I haven't seen enough out of A and M at any point to be like, mm-hmm. yes, that's it has all the, it has all the ingredients to be better than Auburn, but it's never been better than Auburn. Like, it's my thing. Yep, it doesn't matter. I get it. Those are the jobs he hasn't gotten offered yet. Those are the, and like you turn down Auburn, so you're waiting for that, you're, or you're waiting for Dabo to leave Clemson, which will probably not happen. 
it, it seems like he's he's fishing for the big fish. He's yeah. not content getting something that's medium sized. Um, that's still great, you know. It's still fantastic job to take uh, as a. As and a in coach, fairness, but, you know. in fairness, he's going to have a really good team this year, and he yeah, probably he knew that. Mm-hmm. Like, so what would you rather bet on? You know, you're going to have a good team, and there's a possibility Ed Orgeron gets fired. I mean, I feel like this is his last year at Louisiana, regardless. Oh, that's a that's a take for another day. But well, I I just because if you're good this year and you don't get those four jobs that you want, where what like what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Like you're you have to take a job at that point. But then yeah. again, the SEC replaced like most of its coaches. So who's gonna who's what school is there to give you a job? Like yeah, exactly. Um, like the, he he turned on those schools knowing that they were not going to be an option in the future. So. Nick Saban's not retiring. Kirby Smart's not going anywhere. It's yeah. very unlikely Dan Mullen goes anywhere. Right. And Ed Orgeron's the only one who and Jimbo's not going anywhere. So Ed Orgeron's the only one if he has another terrible year, mm-hmm. which he probably won't. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just uh, he's playing a dangerous game. I think he should have taken the Auburn job. <laughs> oh boy! Okay. We got to move on. We got to move sorry, on. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. With you. I think I'm a lot of things though. about this. Um, I know. um, all right. Can Coastal run it back and win the conference? Absolutely. Why? They got Grayson McCall. They got all the ingredients. They they like they run now. the best like coolest offense the best like it is an ncaa 14 it is a college football revamped offense full custom offense build full um so you got probably watch. one more year before everybody starts to really get on to you about that like yeah because uh, yeah. it's one of those things where like now people probably understand how to defend them slightly mm-hmm. but knowing how and being able to do it is still different because they have the same system people will probably understand the system more they still have Grayson McCall and all those players. Like those right. players are still really good. So mm-hmm. like you can know how to defend a corner out, but like when, you know, when the quarterback throws it to the perfect spot, what are you going to do about it? Like, right. Um, right. That, that was, there was a whole thing with Trevor Lawrence in his national title winning game where it's just like Alabama can play the perfect defense, but when you put the ball in the right spot, there's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. and so that's, that's the part where good players come in and coastal still has their core of good players in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, Coastal will still be good. Don't think they'll be as special as they were last season because it's hard to repeat that. Um, but I think they can absolutely win their conference. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I, th- I think they're the front runners. Um, we did not get to see the conference championship game last year. That would have been with uh, Louisiana and Coastal, but I think that so I'm forever robbed. Forever robbed. But given we can we can we can see it this year. So hopefully, I'm very happy. Last question, Tyler. The spoiler to that party, can Sean Clark and App State overthrow Coastal in their division? Absolutely. I think it's a three-team race to to, yep. to the conference championship. It's Louisiana, it's App State, and it's Coastal Carolina. So it's Louisiana like, and the I West. Ne- until I have a reason to, I will never take App State out of these, these conversations. Like, I agree. I, I think so. It's going to be Louisiana in the West, and then in the East, you have Coastal and App State kind of fighting it out. Okay. Yeah. App State is always a threat. I agree. I agree. And until they prove to me that they're not, they're always a threat in my mind. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Tyler, that that was our group of five preview. Um, I know it was a bit shorter than the power five preview, but, you know, it's uh, um, not as not as much in terms of storylines. But I think we got the big and important ones out there. Group of there's a lot of fun group of five content and storylines, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is not just a contrary sure. to what the SEC wants you to believe. There is more to college football than just the Power Five and specifically the Southeastern Conference. Then we say this as yeah. alumnus of the University of Florida, as Gator fans, as proud alumnus, like very proud. Some of us have Gator license plates now, Tyler. Ooh. Um, but but there's so much good story and talent and entertainment out there across college football. So um, yeah. I highly recommend you watch. I highly recommend you take a look. Tyler, our next episode is dropping later this week. We are going to be previewing week one, Tyler. Yeah. We, 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 are, we did not do a um, week zero. Week zero. Thank you. A week zero episode. And that's okay. There wasn't much. We will talk about the week zero games, a couple of the games at the top of the next episode. And we will be launching and previewing week one with five wide and two points. Um, Tyler. Heck yes. All that being said, I think uh, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. I got to get some editing in so we can upload this ASAP. Uh, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but welcome back, college football. Yes, sir.